We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. This is the B-side of Monday's show. We get more into Bundesliga soccer, if that can make an impact. And maybe some of, if any of these quarantine sports can catch on today. Jeff is on the line. Tim is on the line. We recorded this, as I said, as the back half of the show that we did the other day. But, hey, we wanted to spread it out a little bit. I hope everyone is doing well out there. Thank you all for the kind wishes that have come my way. I really appreciate them. And uh, let's get to it. Enjoy the show. Experience. The anti-LeBron sentiment has really grown here since this Jordan documentary started. There's no secret about that. There's almost people on the deep inside that joke like like the summer after he beat the Cavs is when or the, the Warriors with the Cavs is when LeBron finally like sorry is when Jordan finally said, uh, OK, you guys can make that thing you've been bugging me for 15 years to make like we got to put these LeBron slappies in their place. I guess the final two episodes of The Last Dance would have come out by the time that this airs. I'm curious to see how they how this all gets wrapped up. I, I'm thinking that 9 and 10 might be the two best episodes of it. I don't want to be critical until I see 9 and 10, but I don't think it is as groundbreaking as Tim sort of alluded to at the very start that we were going to be led to believe it would be. Um, as someone that really loves documentaries, especially like a sports one, I'm not saying I'm trying to point flaws or find flaws. Um, I'm not going to take like the Ken Burns route because you got, I feel like have Michael part of it to make it what it is. Uh, we enjoy it more, I think, because Michael is a part of it. Although the Ken Burns people would say, no, he could never be a part of it. I'm a little turned off that we haven't seen like one conversation with a kid, with his children or his his wife of maybe, the entire maybe, time. Maybe that was a part of the deal of getting the footage. If you need Jordan to be complicit in giving up the footage for this documentary and saying, you need to be a part of this, and we want to talk about this, we want to talk about this, he was like, then leave my family out of it. I don't want, it. Yeah, I don't, no. I don't want everyone to see how terrible of a parent I am. I, maybe, but I just feel like to do this all-encompassing thing, and his kids would have been of that age where, you know not like babies but like old enough to have taken some things in and, and you're right like i don't know that's very weird we haven't seen his daughter or i know he's got at least one son um the ex-wife also strange i know she's the ex-wife and i i don't think it was a bad divorce but the person married to him through all of this like come on, like for a real real take you gotta let us hear some of hers things i, would I mean think, but... i i really don't care about that side of it so maybe it just i just don't care i don't care what his ex-wife has to say like i'm i'm more concerned I'm, we got I, justin timberlake yeah that was great i like jt let's get him he, more of him on there don't you remember he did chores to buy jordans yeah i remember that story from the doc i just mean like isn't that a little facetious because we all know he had a Nice little uh, childhood gig where he probably wasn't. Um, well, that's exactly right. But. Where he wasn't doing the neighbor's yard work. He was in the <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club. Um, exactly. but, you know, I, I like all of it. I like the celebrity attachment. But I just, for it to, 
I, I just don't think it's as groundbreaking as it was sold to be. But that being said, I truly believe seven and eight were my two favorite episodes. And if they build on that, like nine and 10 should probably be great also. Although nine and 10 are the ones that got edited like in the Corona time. And I don't know, you could argue being home all day made it easier for the guys. I, I don't know. But these were the two that were kind of made on the fly per se. So we'll see. Well, the the big thing too is like, no one is saying this is the greatest documentary of all time. I think that's where people like when people are coming out, like the the Ken Burns type of people. No one is treating this like you know this is a Ken Burns's civil war. No one is talking about it in that way. People are just saying they really enjoy it. Like it's not it's essentially the same thing as Tiger King. Like Tiger King is not good. We all kind of enjoyed it for a week, and then we'll never think about it again. This is just something to pass the time. Everyone enjoys the content matter, and it's being presented in a really fun way. Like this isn't the most serious documentary ever made. You're absolutely right. It's popcorn. It, it goes. So, I mean, I catch myself looking at my watch a bit. Like, so it's not like flying by per se, but you're right. For these times, I look forward to being able to watch the two fresh episodes weekly. Uh, you're probably right. I think the circumstances of like the pandemic and it just being like the only, you could arguably like the first fresh sports content we had may have like in my head, I put it under a microscope, but you, you put it pretty clear under those criteria it's done everything it's had to do so you're right bang on uh jeff do you think bundesliga is going to catch on because i had a friend text me this morning that he that he bet on it and he said that this is what i think this is what it feels like when my wife bets on the super bowl (laughs) (laughs) that's a good line i don't know i i don't i would this is weird because maybe as a whole i i like soccer and combat sports equally and the combat sports hype and fulfilling my feed didn't bother me, but I was really annoyed by like waking up to like hordes of Bundesliga takes. I think it's a good to like Korean baseball was never going to catch on. I saw like <laughs> I saw people and we talked about this. Did we talk about that on a show that aired? I have no idea. People are looking for those shows that got taken down. They're on the podcast feed and they're on Facebook, by the way. I think it was on one of those shows where we talked about the ratings for Korean baseball and just the general interest. Like, in our little Twitter bubble, interest appears to be much higher than it really actually, like, a million times higher than it actually is because people are gambling on this. And most people are not gambling on this in real life or watching this. And it's on in the middle of the fucking evening. So at least Bundesliga, you can kind of wake up on a weekend. That's why my friend said that he ended up betting on it because he's like, I'm up with my kid. His kid's like, you know, 10 months old. Like, they go down for a nap. I'm just kind of sitting there. It's on at 10 o'clock in the morning. This is perfect. I can just watch this for an hour and kill some time. Yeah, I, I, I see that. I would watch. Yeah, this is when we'd be watching, like, the early weekend golf coverage. And you watch whatever you got it to get through the time. I'm not hating on anything. Do you, but do you think that Bundesliga could catch on? Like, is this a smart move on them? Because obviously it's going to be big in Germany anyway. But now you're going to have the rest of Europe kind of focusing in on this, at least I'd imagine. I can only speak of it from our experience in North America. That is this a way I agree. For, is this a way for Bundesliga to kind of elevate itself to the level of, like, EPL in the way that people treat the Premier League in North America and be like, oh, because – just English being English, that makes more logical sense. And the EPL is huge, but they have the NBC deal. Like people are big fans of the English Premier League as opposed to the Bundesliga or La Liga or Serie A or whatever it might be. That Bundesliga can kind of jump those other two and become like, oh, now I know who these people are. I'm invested. I'm going to watch German soccer all of a sudden. Or is this just like, let's wait till re- this is something to do until real sports gets back? Yeah, I think it's something to do till real sports gets back. Like, imagine if the NHL was, like, the only thing playing. Might get a lot of, like, NBA fans, like, just watching it. And baseball fans who don't normally get in there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't see it surpassing the the other leagues. But brand familiarity is worth a lot. It's worth a lot. So that's why I totally back what they're doing if they feel they could do it in a smart and effective way. So good for them. I'm not betting it, though. Yeah, well, what do you like? Where would you compare Bundesliga in terms of interest, Tim? Do you think versus like Outlaw Tour versus PGA? Because soccer, in and of itself, in North America, is popular, but it's not like cons- the concentration of popularity of soccer isn't all to one place. It's not like love the MLS. The MLS is the only thing that I watch. It does seem like the Premier League is the biggest one of those. Like, do you think the Bundesliga could like tap into that? No, probably not. Uh, 
I, I think it's great for people who have a passing interest or like soccer. Uh, but those people probably already knew a bit about the Bundesliga and were more or less willing to watch. And this is, I don't know, I, look, to me, this is like the practice screen at a golf course. Like, it's fun to be on because you're waiting for your tea time. But then once you start playing, you leave uh, when your round is over, you don't think one second about all any of the shots you made or didn't make on the practice screen. There's just something to do before <laughs> the real thing shows up. I don't I know. Would- that, that, that's how I look at the Bundesliga. I got nothing. But, I mean, it is actual soccer and, you know, at, at a top level. It's not cameramen being drunk on Tuesday outlaw tour nonsense. Like, this is a legit league with legit uh, fans. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, why, that's, that, well, that, well, that's why I'm thinking that maybe it could end up catching on, is that maybe people weren't aware that German league soccer is probably a top four, like, a top four league yeah, in the world. but if you don't like soccer already, or if you're not already somewhat inclined towards watching soccer... It doesn't matter how good soccer is. No, no, no. See, I disagree with that because there's just a lot of people who, I mean, I'm not a soccer fan. I might give this a chance. I don't know what I'm going to be doing on Saturday mornings or once I figure out the schedule when this stuff is on. But if you're someone who is just not inclined to watch soccer in the first place because you just never have and you tune into this and you watch Bundesliga, like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, if you kind of get into it. Like, if ML... Uh, if very marginal. If, 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 very marginal. If, if MLS was the only thing on right now, people could tune in to be like, this is shitty soccer. Like, this is bad. Bundesliga is actually good soccer. So, like, the comparison between, like, people watched Outlaw Tour when it was on, on, like, Periscope and Twitch and everything like that. But the difference between the Outlaw Tour and the PGA Tour is massive. Like, Bundesliga is going to be one of the best soccer experiences that you can actually watch in normal times. And now people actually have exposure to that, and they're learning about that. Soccer has the different animal in that even a Bundesliga, though, Pat, could have, like, the seventh best player in the world in the league. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Outlaw Tour can't, like, that, so it's, you could still see some of the most elite players in the world because, you know, soccer money, you know, works. That, that's, you know, that's, just watching I, Bayern I, Munich play I, 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 than- I don't think you heard what I just said. That's exactly what I just said. Yeah, I just I don't think the room for growth is really that there because of this. I think if you're even somewhat partially inclined to soccer, you're not going to watch it anymore or less, whether it's on or not. Like, I only watch soccer during the World Cup and the European Championships. Heard the soccer was on today. I haven't watched sports. I love sports. Didn't even consider watching it. But maybe you might if it's the only thing. On and I'm league. the target demo. I am the target demo. Someone who isn't opposed to soccer and will watch it at the biggest moments. Uh, did watch a little bit of MLS, do watch the slightest little bit of European uh, uh, Premier or the English Premier League when it's on. Like, I am the demo. If you can't get me hooked, uh, you, you, you're not going to get uh, enough people hooked to matter. I just think that even that there's a lot of EPL fans out there, North America-wise, that if they tune into German soccer, they're like, oh, this is like the same level of competition. I like this. Now I like German soccer, too. I think they already knew that, though, right? If you're into soccer, you know. I think that if you're in Europe, that's one thing. Most of the soccer fans in North America are just cronies anyway who like soccer. I don't. Well, if they're actual fans. You're going to make fun of what I'm about to say, Pat, but it's just nice while it's happening. You make fun of me and my interest in like the CFL, but the second college in a normal year, the second college kicks off and NFL kicks off, like it doesn't exist anymore. But in the summer, while nothing else is happening, sort of like a team, a league playing in Corona, I love football. A pigskin's going airborne, I'll watch it. But once the leagues that I like start, I don't pay attention until like I can follow who's in the playoffs and who's playing for the championship. That's that's it. And you'll make fun of me when I bring it up in the great and the last two minutes of the week the Grey Cup is and it never gets spoken about. That's well, not worth talking about. Well the CFL is not coming back, right? This year or ever? I mean if it doesn't come back this year, does it ever come back? Yeah. Yeah. What what if they don't get their bailout of hundred million dollars from the government? Well I don't I, I think we could all agree they don't probably need it. So I think they'll be fine. Now, I, I guess my point is, like, if you watch the CFL and then college and the NFL start, of course you're not going to watch minor league football. It'd be like if the, it's like if the XFL tried to go head-to-head with the NFL. Like, why, why the fuck would anyone watch the XFL? But where I, I, think that, I think that you guys overestimate how much is known, at least, like, casually about German soccer, and I would even say Italian soccer or Spanish soccer for that 
over here at least that people are going to watch this and be like, wow, this is good soccer. Even no, if the- this is this is Lisa Lionheart until Malibu Stacy comes out with a new. No, hat. people know what that is. All those leagues are good. All those leagues are fine. No one, everyone knows what those leagues are. I don't think there's any secret. I think you're underestimating that people like might not be aware of those yeah, leagues. Yeah, I agree. They're with not you. that hard. They're not that hard to access, Pat. And I would argue in this new digital age, they're actually easier to access in some places because a company like Dazen has the Premier League rights in Canada. Yeah, but, not, like, but, but so few people have Dazen. That's my point. That, that, that yeah, the soccer fans. zone. What the hell no, are you talking about? They, they, they know what Bundesliga and La Liga, and they know what they're watching when they're watching it. They knew. They do. Yeah, but uh, you're already talking about people who have previously watched it. What I'm saying is that most people haven't watched it, but now this gives them an opportunity to watch it, and that's a good sticky way to create new fans. Because it's not like tuning into the CFL, where it's like, these guys kind of suck. It's watching like high-level soccer, like you had mentioned. You can see some of the best players in the world in this league. And I think, I, I think that sure. there is... The people who have already watched it know that, but now you're going to get a whole bunch of people who have never watched it tune in and see that and be like, oh, okay. I don't know. I get what you're trying to do. I think your theory is novel, but in the end, I don't think that dog hunts. I, I just don't think that there's enough people who don't know about it already who would be interested in it and are going to find it through this. That's my view. I could be wrong. Wait, I mean, I, I probably try to figure out when the extra day of games is. Is it just weekends or is there like a weekday version? Of I don't know. I don't. I, I, I don't care. I'm not going to watch. I'm surprised about you. You love watching. You started watching UFC, and that's like the most faint. Like It's like you need your fainting couch with you the entire time you're watching. Like, I was oh, so... My, my God, I can't believe he struck the other man like that. I was so disturbed when that gentleman's orbital bone got broken. I was you're like, you're oh watching two goodness. people fucking bare-knuckle uh, fist fight. What do you think? During a I pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I guess I'm... I'm a Marcus of Queensberry type of uh, combat uh, sports fan. Like that's what I'm used to watching. And you don't see that kind of stuff very often in the sweet science. And so, but I'm giving it a chance. I watched all those preliminary fights last Saturday and I enjoyed myself. And I thought those were, were, were fun, but some of the, I mean, the reason I haven't been watching much throughout my life, because I think there's something barbaric about the sport that I, I don't like. And it's not like that barbarism is gone. It's just that I'm, willing to shrug and allow the barbarism to take place for me to watch it. But it doesn't mean I'm any less like, uh, it doesn't mean you're any, it, so it doesn't mean you're any less of a pussy than you were five weeks ago, it, as you're leaning I was, into it. When they lifted up the, the, the other fellow's arm and how, and they showed his face, I was squeamish. I was like, Oh my goodness. I couldn't believe that that, uh, anyway, whatever. I'm sure this stuff happens all the how time. About, it's a violent sport. How about, uh, Benitez's leg? during that prelim fight oh, oh i know oh. just awful that yeah that looked like a gash and you know what I type remember, of gash i'm at, talking I was, about i was at a party the night that anderson silva's leg got broken when he snapped it around that guy I think yeah I chris, chris Weidman, yeah. i was so <laughs> you know I, I was so disturbed yeah that one was rough that, that one was, was like to see i i i i like was like i gotta i gotta leave I didn't leave. I collected myself, but I was like, oh my, like I was completely uh, aghast at that. And so I'm not, I'm, I watch a lot of violent con, conflict uh, attack sports. Uh, I'm not used to that level of violence in contact, I suppose. And that's, that's not a criticism of yeah. the UFC. I'm just saying I, I'm still not accustomed to it. Oh, yeah. Legs aren't supposed to look like slinkies. That's for damn sure. No. Well, this is right. When you see that, like, I would be questioning someone who wasn't a little bit perturbed by that yeah but you seem to be no matter what it is you're like i can't believe that man hit the other man that's that, my that, sense that is disgusting of, my sense of propriety is perhaps a little stronger than other people's are but that doesn't mean i'm a prude you're a coward is what it means no i'm not coward you you were talking no. this morning about how well we've already established that you're a master angler a fisherman and you're afraid to take the fish off of the hook after you catch it. Then you were talking about, like, hunting elk. I think that would be a, 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 a very sporting experience. So what are you going <laughs> to shoot the elk and leave it in the fucking woods? I'm not afraid of wild animals that have been, that, that, that have been deceased. It's just fish freak me, particularly because they're alive still when they're on the hook. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I want to, I let's go hunting the next time that I'm home. We'll shoot a deer. 
if we can find a deer. Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, you would have the patience to be a good hunter, I would think. I don't think you would have the, you know, the, the opposable digits in order to fire the gun too well, but we'll see about that. that then you can go up to the deer then you know, if the deer's not dead right away you gotta you gotta shoot it yes. in the head to kill it again you then do. you get and then you gotta drag it or cut it up i want to see you do all these things i would drag it i mean i have a butcher butcher it for me but i would certainly drag it to where it needed to be dragged i'm not afraid to do that like that that doesn't like give me the chills the way like taking a trout off of the hook does but yeah like i said on the the, the chat I, I i have this dream of in the parlor of my house having this big elk head hanging above the mantle place that I shot myself. And I think that would be really neat. I could hang like cool stuff off the antlers. So Jeff, Jeff's helmet. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, Tim isn't scared of the taxidermy version of the, the animal that he's going to kill. I, I have my doubts that he would be, uh, he'd be okay with not only killing the animal, but then getting the animal somewhere and like dragging it around. I have my extreme doubts, and he also labeled himself as not a prude when I believe the last time we spoke, he couldn't even have a conversation about people jerking off in showers. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think being uncomfortable with that type of graphic conversation makes one a prude. That is not a graphic conversation, <laughs> Tib. It's, it's, it's a commonplace of day-to-day life. There are lots of things that are commonplace in day-to-day life that we just don't talk about. Well, people love talking about beats. Well, some people do, I suppose. I, I particularly am uncomfortable talking. Yeah, you're a prude. Yeah, you're, I'm you're, not a, I'm, you're, you're either a prude or what you're into is so disgusting that you cannot reveal it. <laughs> no, I'm neither a prude nor a weirdo. I'm just, I was raised with a certain level of there are things that gentlemen don't discuss, and it's hard for me not to, to break those you're, rules. You're not a gentleman, though. You can't take a fucking fish off a hook. What are you talking I'm about? Not, I can't, I, not that I can't. You can't. It's just that can, I won't. Can, can you do it? No. The answer is no. Can that I means you cannot yes, do it. Yes, of course it. I can physically why, why, do it. Ha, do you do it? No. So you can't I, do it. I keep, keep looking for like the device that they invent that will allow me to take the fish off the hook at distance. It's called your fucking hands, pal. Yeah, or if you have like a valet who comes with you when you fish, maybe they could do it for you. Now there's a Tim Too Rich. Yes, I suppose it would be. <laughs> your, your fishing valet to unhook the fish for me, please, Jeeves. <laughs> it would be convenient. <laughs> what else do I have? Oh, the underreported thing that... Have you guys been following this NFL armed robbery thing at all? A little bit. I mean, I followed it today because he turned himself in, right? One guy turned himself in, but now there was... I saw the... And I, this is going to be out in the future, so we might be missing a day here, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But there was also <laughs> letters written by witnesses that one of the guys wasn't involved at all. Like, this is really bizarre. Yeah, it is strange. I'm having trouble getting my arms around it for that exact reason. And it feels like it's being not necessarily underreported, but it's not being thrust into... Like, this is a big deal if this is true and this all actually happened, like this is a real story that is a black eye for the NFL. Maybe it's good that there's a quarantine going on that people can't be like out on the scene, digging up a lot of reporting. Although I guess it's in Florida. So you'd like, how do they think that, how do they think that we're going to get caught? I don't know. Like based on what the story is, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's craziness. I, I, I don't understand it. That's why I'm like, I read it and go like, I'm missing something here, but what it is, I don't know. Jeff, have you seen any of this? Yeah, it's all hard to get your head around. Um, I don't. I mean, is it in, is is it poor taste to say? I mean, it's still NFL off season, and we're good for about a couple of these a year. And had that Earl Thomas interesting story. Well, the Earl the Earl Thomas interesting story very different. It, it's very a lot different than this. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's not alleged armed robbery. <laughs> no, no, this is a very creepy story. Like Tim, I, I, it's been, I don't really know what to make of it. It's hard to get my, my head around, and I'm not, I don't know. My interest in it isn't very high. Like, I, I see new headlines for it, and I'm not, like, desiring to really click it. I just feel like, uh, you know, it'll all just come together, and I'll get the Coles Notes version. Do you think it's because it's two players people are pretty unfamiliar with, for one thing, that no one really not that no one cares. No, but they play for the Giants. Like, it t- should t- be a t- big t- deal. There's a lot of people on every football team. I know, but the Giants are in, in New York City. You would think that that would generate more interest than if they were, yeah. If this know, was regular cards. time, this would be like back page New York Daily cover. Like, they'd be making fun of it every day. You know, they're like mock back page sports covers. 
would be all over it. So yeah, I do agree. They are probably, I, I don't know, sort of just going to get passed in a couple news headlines, especially with New York reporters who don't really have the stomach for these sorts of stories at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Baker turned himself in as we speak right now. And who was the other guy? Dunbar. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Seahawks, uh, Quentin Dunbar has not turned himself in, but he was a guy who had like the, le- his lawyer states that people had letters that he didn't do it. Like, uh, that part is the weirdest part to me. Where did they get these letters from? <laughs> like, it's been like two days. Like, no, there's just something all. Ma- there's more, more to come. The the puzzle pieces aren't fitting together quite yet. Yeah, and like as we speak, as we were speaking, uh, Redskins new Redskins receiver Cody Latimer was arrested for assault and illegal discharge of a firearm. The NFL is making news these days. They have to. Wow. Do, you, do you think the NFL holds back positive news stories like the release of the schedule, or because it also came out that the NFL is opening up? Like to, I think it was today or yesterday that the NFL is going to be opening up their facilities in states where that's legal. They're going to get everything open. Trainers can report to the facilities and medical staff, and the players and coaches will eventually follow along. Do you think they hold these stories back for when these stories types of hits? They can release like, "Hey, no, football's coming back. Don't worry about it, and like, don't pay attention to this stuff." 100%. Yeah. I I mean, your job is, if you're you're NFL PR, your job is to triage the multitude of bad stories that are inevitable year after year with the good news that you've got. And you're lucky that a good number of the people in the media are willing to just spin for the shield no matter what. Always, always. It's something that's happened with football that's never happened to baseball. And no, baseball happens, media have always wanted to tear down the league. Football media is your Glazers, your Peter Kings. They could report things. I'm telling you that they just, what they see in lockers, I don't know. Like that, that Andrew Steen Dion stuff, not in a million years would have happened in the NFL. Not in a million years would like those guys with the inside want to dirty the league. No, like but hockey hockey writers will will spin for for their league and protect things too. I think hockey writers are the like oh I, besides local reporters for college teams, hockey comes directly after that in protecting the players and the league. <laughs> Probably. I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I mean, I think we've talked about it a whole bunch of times. Like the amount of hockey player stories that almost all of us know that were just never reported, but are like common knowledge or even stuff that mm-hmm. I, I've experienced being around NHL players. <laughs> of course. You're, you're just like, Oh boy. But like, no one has an incentive to break that story. No, no, not That's at why, all. Right? Um, so before we get out of here, I had a few things, Tim, you said the temple of doom is the best Indiana Jones movie. That's ridiculous. Oh yeah. No, of course it is. Like, of it's course, between, of course, it's ridiculous. You said it, I know, but like that and the Last Crusade are one and two, and then there's a significant gap, and then it's uh, Crystal Skull, and then it's Original Gap, and then it's the first one. But you think I that still, Crystal Skull is better than Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, that's my position on this. That yes. is, what, what do you have? A, do you have CTE? Oh, your your one year of high school football gave you brain damage. <laughs> I just think that's those those are the ways I, I stack the movies up. And yeah, Temple of Doom is everything you want in it. Uh, it's exciting, but it doesn't lean too heavy on the peripheral character in the way that uh, The Last Crusade does. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not as fun. I mean, the, the, the original concept for the, uh, the, the very first uh, Indiana Jones, it's, it's just so ludicrous. That, like, oh, really? Really, it's ludicrous. Unlike Temple of Doom, where they rip a guy's, where they his, gets his heart ripped out. <laughs> hey, that happens. Oh, yeah. You're a doctor, thought, right? Well, that's what it says on the screen. <laughs> uh, you, you know what? I don't care. I am going to defend to the hilt. I think Temple of Doom. And the reason you know it was really good is that that's why a third one was made. The reason you know Empire Strikes Back is the best of the oh three God. Star Wars trilogies is because a third one got made. If you don't have an awesome second one, you almost never see uh, a third. So th- that in and of itself sort of you're, buttresses the fact you're that, too smart uh, for this that for that take. Te- well, it's true though. Often, if if a if a third movie bomb, a second movie bomb. Once the first one's a success, they sign. Not always. Two and three come as a, like a package for the new people. Not always. Most of the time, yes. In, in, in the yes. in the instance of Indiana Jones, Jeff is correct. That's actually definitely what not happened. me. Definitely not in the eighties. Uh, 
I mean, anyway. that, that, that's what that's what happened with both Empire and Return of the Jedi. And, I mean, Spielberg was basically the first one to start doing this. I mean, George Lucas to sign these multi-movie deals after the first one came out so they can establish their stories. But, like, obviously Temple, Temple of, Doom of Doom is, is the best. Tem- Tem- no, it's not. Temple of Doom is, I mean, it's better than, like, the new one that came out. But Raiders and Last Crusader are way be. above that. Oh, and, the whole, and, so and the whole point is that they're made as, like, a throwback to 30s serial-type movies. And Raiders is fun. Last Crusade is fun. Temple of Doom is not fun in the slightest. I like it. I like it best. Sorry. I'm not going to pretend like I don't. Je- Jeff, do you like it? Like, Temple of Doom's fine. It's not. It's Jeff, it, Jeff but, when I tweeted it out, Jeff liked it in about three seconds. So I, like, I, I was on the feed. I like when you say things. I don't mind it. I, I like the series as a whole. I watch them. Um, I would probably do it the other way. Like Raiders is probably my favorite, but... Oof. When you like, I'll throw it to you this way because sometimes you'll like be flipping through the channels and there will be a, an Indiana Jones marathon on and they'll play the movies back to back to back. I'll tune in and watch parts of Raiders. I just won't watch Temple of Doom and I'll tune in for Last Crusade. Okay. Well, I mean, that's the thing about movies, right? Is that we're allowed to have different preferences. You can have a different preference, but you need to realize that you just have incredibly bad taste. I don't think so. You do. I, 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 I know fact, you don't think so, but you have to eventually. The yeah, because Tim, tweet- people like your shit all the time because it's fucking ludicrous. How many well, was, how many positive comments did you get back in return? Several. Did you? Ha- how many do you think total did you get? I don't know the exact number. I don't. Just well, you just said you just you ju- yeah you do. You just said several, so, I, so you have an idea. How many do you actually think? I it don't. Was? Would you I like to? Don't. Would you like to retract your several statement? No. Are you sure? Yes, I'm now looking up to see how many. I mean, I didn't get ratioed, so that's usually a sign. I mean, you have 30 comments to 40 likes. Uh, well, that, that to me is a win in and of itself. Definitely your best take ever, whatever you say. Oh, you're, uh, you're, you're, getting, the, uh, you're getting the TC glad hand? Uh, this is a great take. Yeah, so you know what? They're, 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 there's a, it's, it's a mixed bag. I don't expect everyone to agree, I guess. Uh, I'm very curious of people who would put Raiders of the Lost Ark there when it's nowhere near as good as the other two. But so as twenty you know, I guess no with, with with twenty seven comments on this tweet, you have three that agree with you, Jeff. How many of those three do you think are sarcastic? You're right, Tim. Tweets. Uh, it's always about eighty five percent. Good call, TC. Thanks, Thanks Paul. Yeah, see, he's being sarcastic. Oh, oh, I have a concept for you that I was reading about last night. If you want to hear about it, Tim. It's called, all ears. it's called bag packing. Do you have any idea what this is? Ba- bag packing? Bag packing. Like B-E-G, like a beggar? Yeah. <sighs> no. Jeff, Jeff, do you know what this is? No. Tim, do you want to take a guess at what this might be? Bag packing. Like where you beg for a package of goods rather than just like money or you like package together the things you're begging for? I, I actually don't know. I mean, you're halfway there with the begging part. Jeff, do you have any guesses at what this is? I don't have a clue. Okay, so there are basically Americans going over to Asia. Not so much right now, uh, before the pandemic. And they're going over to Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur. I guess that is Malaysia. Um, Thailand, (laughs) (laughs) Vietnam, uh, all these different places and backpacking around in Asia. But they're not bringing enough money to do it so they're oh beg- my god they're begging on the streets of these major cities with signs being like hey i'm backpacking around can you spare some change so i can continue my trip can you talk about the height of absolute arrogance and stupidity that you would go to countries where a good number of people are yeah. financially struggling terribly and you a wealthy traveler would rather not spend any more dad's money so you instead uh, ask for you know change so that you can afford whatever hostel that you stay at has the best Wi-Fi so that you can take your photos of whatever rice bowl you're eating in pano mode on your phone and put it up on TikTok. Like, can you imagine? I I, I, I actually couldn't. It was the first time I've ever looked at something and felt like you about everything. I am not shocked to hear that this happens. I am offended that it does happen. How again? Just cheat. It's just cheapness and entitlement, and 
laziness and millennialism all rolled up into one pretzel of awfulness. Jeff, what if I told you that there's a certain way that people do it? And they actually make like, I was looking into the research on it, that a lot of the tourists will uh, put a blindfold on while they're begging. And like they're wearing like, they don't look like beggars. They look like people wearing, I don't know, like Tommy Hilfiger like head to toe, like new clothes, new shoes. It is repulsive. What they'll do is put a blindfold on and offer up hugs for money on the streets. And it's such a novelty that people actually give them money. Like who, like this is like my, my parents stopped sending me money. Help me. Like, I don't understand. I, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. People I, who feel entitled to travel. It's like, yes. man, my life's not complete, man, if I don't go see the Taj Mahal. Or, you know, I'm not living my best life if I am not, you know, walking around the streets of Ho Chi Minh City. That's not just, I, I have a, a, a right to do these things. No one will deny it to me. Uh, the man can't keep me down like that. Entitled, arrogant, moronic thinking. Those people should be ashamed of them. Of course, they're not, because shame is something that they've been discouraged from feeling like you, uh, you know, in school. You, you also but feel the, no shame. I feel shame about all kinds of things. Really? Sure. Things that I think are shameful. These people don't understand that their actions are shameful. I, for example, was watching Extreme Couponing the other day, and I saw activities on that show that were absolutely shameful. And I was afraid. This could be me. I said, oh, my God, if I made a few wrong turns, could I get in this circumstance? And I was like, no, I can never let that happen because that would be shameful activities. Anyway, so th- my point being that this is this beg packing doesn't shock me that it exists. It offends me, and anyone who wants to defend it uh, has all their work cut out for them. I don't. I see. I would think that the only people who would actively defend this would be the people doing it. That that's the only person, the only people who could look at that and be like, "This makes a lot of sense to me. This is not." Or they'd say, "Well, how all. else am I going to visit India?" I, if, I, like, I, I get. I get what they were right going to. I get what they're going to say. They're wrong. You don't have a right to travel anywhere you want. Travel in and of itself is one of the most overrated things on earth. And you certainly no, don't no, have see, a right I, to I, I completely you don't disagree have a right about to that. do it at the, by taking by, you know, by basically taking advantage of even more disadvantaged people than yourself. I, I think travel is fine. I think it's terribly overrated. Yeah, you're it's, just you're scared to travel. That's it, why. It's like it's like bacon. Bacon's good, terribly overrated, but still good. Travel's the same way. Good, but very overrated. I, I don't see how you're out on travel. That seems like such a weird thing to me. It's because you're afraid to fly. It's just you're afraid of people, especially no, different I'm not. I'm not afraid of people. I'm not afraid of flying. And I do travel uh, on occasion, but I'm most comfortable where I am. And I'm, to me, my life is, is fulfilled with intellectual and, and interpersonal pursuits and is not, you know, there's, no, there's not a hole in my heart that needs to walk into the Louvre to know what painting's all about. I'm just... That doesn't bother me. I, I don't feel like my life is like hanging by a thread unless I've seen, uh, you know, the ma- uh, you know, a ma- the mausoleum or something that, or anyway, you know, you know what I'm trying to get at here. Well, a, a spoiler for a future show. I have no idea if Jeff is still on the line or not, but you said that you don't need to go to the Louvre to understand what painting is all about or even to get a good feel for what these paintings may look in real life. But you did say that you can't go to a bistro anywhere outside of France because that's just illegitimate. Yeah, but I'm not saying I think you need to go to a bistro. I don't think that my life is somehow like worse off having not gone to a bistro. But yeah, if you're going to actually go to one that's actually a bistro, yeah, you got to go to France. But again, that, that one does but, but, not apply but you, the but, other. but you don't need to like again, like if you want to eat real Italian food, you can get Chef Boyardee. You don't need to go to Italy. Chef that, Boyardee that's was also, an Italian that, chef. That's also one of your takes. Chef Boyardee was an Italian chef. Yes. Italian food is just a cultural thing. It, it comes with you. A bistro is something far more particular than, no, no. I'm sorry. These are apples and oranges. And I'm right about this. You're not. You're just an insane person who has no shame. Uh, Jeff, are you still around? Yeah, yeah. I heard it all. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. I, I heard Lily in the background. I didn't know if you had to go like 10 to that. No, there's things, there's things starting to happen, but I, right, well, I heard it all. We'll, we'll get you out of here soon. I wanted to close on what I tweeted out the other day. Uh, movies from songs. That songs from movies, songs from movies. Sorry. Um, so I, I can't remember what your guys's answer 
were to this. So Jeff, I guess I'll start with you. That if there is one movie that you cannot disassociate, or one song that you cannot disassociate with the movie that you heard it in, what would it be? And I think that songs that were made for movies are a bit different. Like someone said, like, well, the answer is Men in Black, the song. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Wild Wild West. Thanks. Coolio's Coolio's Dangerous Minds doesn't count. Gangster's Paradise. But yes, songs oh, made yes. for songs yeah. made for the soundtrack of the movie exclusively. I don't think that they count in this, and I thought that would have been obvious to people. But of course, as the internet, it was not obvious to people. And my answer was Lazarus Q's "Goodbye Horses" from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's, a there, very, it's a very, it's a yeah. very good. There answer. is no time that you and it, that one's even better. Like there are maybe songs that you associate more with the movie, but once you hear those like first like four beats of it, you're like, oh. Yeah. No, <laughs> you I you know exactly what it is and you know <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck I think, me. I'd fuck me. I hard. think it's an excellent I think it's an excellent answer. That's the first thing that comes in. Jeff, what was it gonna be for you? Uh Black Betty by uh Firm Blow. That was my answer. But there's so many things about this question. Like it really dates you maybe yeah. in many ways because like, just as an example, like, you know, I thought about Eye of the Tiger, but really playing in my head, like, before I saw the Rocky movies, I heard that, like, at hockey games, like, being taken to, like, Maple Leaf Gardens with my dad, if that makes any sense. But there are moments where you just, you're of an age where you just never heard that song before, ever, and then it just shows up in a movie, and you like it, then you're kind of, like, taken aback that it's, like, so old. And um, so that was the one that instantly stuck out for me yeah that that's really interesting because i saw someone put in immigrant song from forget what movie it was from it might have been like the new avengers movie or something like that it was like a new superhero movie it's like i mean i i would think that if i heard immigrant song in a movie it's probably from the trailer of kiss girl with the dragon tattoo because that was such a huge part of that or even like school of rock and that's just like this millennium uh not even dating back to the last one so i I guess it is very age dependent on when you hear these certain things so many things are in that respect like i like to make fun of my wife i've said it many times on the podcast you know like to her like james con is like the casino boss in the tv show like cbs drama las vegas (laughs) what really yeah what do you want from her Really? Not Sonny Corleone? She doesn't give a shit. Okay. Or even but the writer from Misery? Yeah, I don't think that's, like, uncommon, though. Like, it's funny where, Maybe. like, people would associate some somebody. Like, there's a whole okay. group of kids that, like, would never even associate, like, Troy Aikman or Charles Barkley with being players, even, potentially. There's young kids who think George Carlin is a mild manner train conductor. There it is. That that's actually a very that's a very good example. Like <laughs> to even look at it, like anyone who's probably like oh, 21 now and watches Succession knows Alan Ruck is the cum eating brother on uh, Succession, not Ferris Bueller's <laughs> friend Cameron. Yeah, or Spin City, or Spin City. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I would I would think that most people who watch Spin City probably did know him from Ferris Bueller's because <laughs> that was so close together. But yes. yeah, that's true. It would be like knowing Charlie Sheen only from his meltdown. Yeah, instead of Hot Shots Part 2. Exactly. So, <laughs> Tim, what was your answer to this question? I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in by the first estate. That's a weird one because you don't hear – Like, I think a part of this too, and I, I didn't explain that everyone can interpret this question the way that they want, is just you never hear that song outside of watching Big Lebowski. Fair. I think that's fair. You don't hear it on the radio very often. Uh, I the other ones I had was "Live and Let Die" by Paul McCartney. Well, that's a song for the movie. That's why I said it doesn't count. Uh, the other couple, I mean, J- Jeff mentioned "Eye of the Tiger." I'm there. It seemed uh, it seemed by the people's responses, the undisputed champion of this was "Steeler's Wheel" from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, that's totally totally there. I mean, not going to miss a thing by Aerosmith. I can't help but think about that's, that's, uh, that's another movie written for the song. Or that, song that, I know. Movie. That's so that that's fair enough. Uh I asked my grandmother this exact question and she said raindrops keep falling on my head in the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. So maybe of an older generation, that's the right answer. And what's funny is like a movie like Wayne's World had a lot of songs. It was probably the first time I ever heard those songs. True. Just, I, I mean Bohemian Rhapsody 
maybe not for people now, but for years was always associated with Wayne's World. Like Singing in the Rain from Clockwork Orange is a really weird one because it's obviously from Singing in the Rain, but a lot of people just know it from Clockwork Orange. Yeah, and I think Mrs. Robinson was written for The Graduate. It was. Right? They did, they did, they, so, uh, they did the entire soundtrack for that movie. That's right. So like again, another classic one, but and when you do hear on the radio, but not one you can you can go with. Yeah. I not- actually think your answer, your answer is excellent. I mean, I think mine is right too, uh, but your answer is excellent. And there was people with just like really weird things. someone said wild thing from the Major League from Major League. That's actually a good one. It is. Sure. But that's not what I think about when I hear Wild Thing. It's just a song, Wild Thing. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. I'm trying to think of something else. Uh, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston is a famous one. Wasn't that written The End for, of the Bodyguard? Isn't that written for the movie? I no, don't it actually existed. So. It actually existed before Dolly Parton wrote yes, that. Yes, it was yeah, a Dolly yeah. Parton song. That's exactly right. But how often do you hear the Dolly Parton version? Well, not often, but it's like how often do you hear the Bob Dylan version of All Along the Watchtower? Not often, but well, that, it, it predates Jimi Hendrix. Well, it's funny because that's one that comes up uh, that came up in the answers often from a wait. Like, Dave s- Matthews didn't write that. No, he didn't <laughs> because that's in a slew of movies. But I never think of the movie when I hear that song. I just think of Jimi Hendrix. Of course, if anything, you think of Woodstock like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, I, I don't think, think I, I, I don't think of a movie when I hear that song. I think of the song. No. Of course. I'm the, well, I'm the same way. Like, even, even the song The Hurricane, or The Hurricane, as some people would say. I don't associate that with the movie The Hurricane. It just, it's Bob Dylan. Also, bad movie, The Hurricane. Paul. That's the one with Denzel, right? Yeah. yeah Mine was uh, shot here. Total Eclipse of the Heart from Old School. That, I fucking I, need you more tonight. I fucking need you more. Yeah, I always, than ever. <laughs> I always slip the f bombs in, even if I hear it to this day, and that's strictly from that movie. Yeah. What else do we have? Uh, uh, the song from Karate Kid, the montage song. Why I, you don't really hear it all that much outside of the movie, though, is the thing, I suppose. So that's tough. Anyway, the best, I, right? The best. Around, yeah, you're the best uh, around. You're the uh, best. Right? The band. Yeah. I know Nothing Dan Beck gave that suggestion. The oh, Glenn like- Campbell song in Midnight Cowboy. That's definitely one I think of. Did I just call Dan Beck Glenn Beck? I don't know. Well, it's Dan no, Bach. Glenn Campbell. Bach. Bach. The Pixies yeah. at the end. Of the, whenever I hear that Pixies song that plays at the end of Fight Club, that's the only thing I can think of. But I, I so rarely hear that song that I'm... It's just that that's the first thing that pops in my head. What about Dueling Banjos from Deliverance? Yeah, but where would you ever hear that outside of... But if you hear that, someone pick that song, what do you think of? Sure, is that, like, is that a, a song, or is that just something like well, someone was fucking around with in the movie? I think it is a song. You would be right, but I just don't know where you would hear that outside of Deliverance. Or no, something. I know, I'm just giving ideas. I think the best ones have already been given. Someone said Twist and Shout. From Ferris Bueller? From Ferris Bueller, sure. I, I don't think of that movie. But I think of a certain generation's age, you would. Uh, maybe. I, I don't think of Ferris Bueller when I think of that song. But that could just be me. What yeah, about- I don't. I would think of like some like birthday party when I was five years old yeah. or something. What, in what, someone's basement. Like, what, what, about some- the, what about The End from Apocalypse Now? Yeah, I can see that. Like Someone said March of the Valkyries from Apocalypse Now. But you know, that's not When exact- I hear the March of the Valkyries, I think about Bugs Bunny. Yeah, me too. Like that. Sorry, that's yep. where I am. No, you're, right. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So yeah, maybe the stuff is really dependent on when you saw certain things or how old you are. I mean, most 100%. things are like that. But that, yeah, that's yeah. that's a really. I, I do like Scott Con's dad though. That that's good. Scott Con's dad. Oh, oh yeah, God. she likes that because she likes the the Hawaii Five O show. Yeah, she's a big Scott Con. Scott Kahn's dad. Okay, but like, Vegas. my only point was the Godfather is historically known as like one of the best or one of, or if not the best movie of all time. Do you want to know something, Tim? Okay, and don't worry. We get along fantastic, but she like watches the freaking Ellen show and she like tapes it every day. Don't, don't ask me. It takes up all the goddamn PBR. <laughs> and there was one the other day. It was like this person in like Bill Murray, but like in the intro to Bill Murray, he's like wearing a panda, like a mascot mascot. So you can't even think he said, made a funny joke and I'm laughing. And then she's like, 
she kind of made a comment. I'm like, you couldn't even pick him out. Like, you don't even know what he looks like. Like, you couldn't even name, like, one Bill Murray movie. And she couldn't. And that was weird. But she's not big into movies. So fair let's enough. make this about fair my enough. wife. Nope, she fair enough. She doesn't know who James Conn is. She's not into movies. Let's well, fair it. enough. I, I will throw out two more that I completely forgot about. Uh, one is going to be um, Don't You Forget About Me from the End of Breakfast Club. <laughs> Which is, yeah, a, I guess. Are you serious? Like, that's a pretty iconic I music cue in a movie. I said, I guess. I said, I guess. Okay. It, was, it was a very dismissive, I guess. I don't like that movie. More so, so than really like, more so than whatever the fuck you name from Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. Yeah, apparently, which is another movie. Like, if you think that people haven't seen The Godfather, think about Midnight Cowboy. Well, I think I think almost everybody, not almost everybody, I think that that billions have seen The Godfather. I would say, yeah, and compare that to Midnight Cowboy, which ve- yes, people, Much, people, far fewer have seen. That's a very underseen movie. Very good movie. But sure I mean, it is. It was rated X for 20 years. Sure. So that no longer exists. That kept a lot of people away. And Danger Zone from Top Gun. Yeah, was that not written for, for Top Gun? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. But I think Kenny Loggins used to write songs for movies. So. He, well, he did Footloose for Footloose, obviously. Yeah, so that just I, I, I thought that was a song that had previously existed. I don't know about that, though. I'll have to look at that. All right. Because, I mean, the, the real answer to this song, if it's a movie, if it's songs written for movies, it's probably Power of Love or Back to the Future or My Name is Willie, Willie Beeman from Any Given or, Sunday. Or, Gold, like, or Goldfinger. Yeah, maybe. Is that the best Bond theme? Yeah. Is that song? Nobody Does It Better is a close second, but I do think the Goldfinger's first. What's the song in Ghost? You know, that, that famous scene. Oh, uh, Unchained Melody. I don't think of that movie when I hear that song, but you're right. That is, of course, the most famous scene in that movie. All right. I think that will do it for us. You guys will be appearing on shows periodically throughout the uh, throughout the next little bit. So it's not like you guys are going anywhere. It's not like I'm going anywhere. Just that will be uh, it for the newest of new content. So everything else is previously recorded. I hope everyone enjoys it. Remember to smash the like button. Remember to leave a five-star review after you subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast. And tell some friends. You guys have a good couple weeks, all right? Yeah. Yeah, all the best, you, buddy. All, all the best. And uh, I'm glad people don't have to hear that song on the way out now, too. Well, I mean, they'll hear it if they're listening to the audio version. If you want to hear it, if, if you, well, I mean, I would say that 20 times as many people listen to the audio version than watch the show. Does that surprise you, Tim? I, it shouldn't anymore. Nothing should surprise me anymore. I mean, what how, do I know? How often do you watch hour-long shows on YouTube when you can just download the podcast on your phone? Not much, but I mean, I watch the Netflix on my computer, so I'm not one who's opposed to watching things on my computer that yeah, are videos. Jeff, did you know that? That Tim, like, you know how there's, like, channel, like, because he, he has Bell. Like, there's a channel yeah. on Bell that is Netflix, but he doesn't use yeah. that. He just watches it on his computer. Insanity. It's just It's nuts. So That's how you, I learned. You can follow Tim on Twitter at Tim Andercast. You can follow Jeff at Tim at G, G Feinberg 17, me at the PME, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Like I said, share the show around. We got golf coming back. We got football coming back. Brand new MMA content whenever there is a new UFC card out. So stick around for all of it. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.